Welcome to Navigating Neurodivergence with me, Stefan Glazer. If you don't know what this podcast and my whole mantra of Navigating Neurodivergence is about, really, at the base of it, it's about knowing that you are not alone in your struggles with neurodivergence. Whether it's ADHD, OCD, dyslexia, the full gamut of neurodiverse dilemmas. You are not alone in your struggles. You're not alone in your conquests and triumphs. That's what navigating neurodivergence is all about. This is a place where people get to express what they went through, how they made it through, and where they're going as they strive with their neurodivergence. So, please, enjoy your time here and listen to others that navigated their neurodivergence. Michelle Steiner was on the podcast this week, and she is amazing. She talks about her battle with dyscalculia, which I still have problems saying, but it's a math-based learning disability. Uh, I would always simplify it saying that it is a uh, number dyslexia. That's a very small portion of it and it varies so we talked about a whole bunch of stuff like the challenges that we faced because i have a very mild form of it and she has a very severe form of it but the challenges we faced as children and how we learned how to manage um the whole realm of dyscalculia you know and we also touched on the importance of early diagnosis and intervention uh, for children as well with with problems like that so you know you can still live a full productive life and you'll be able to see through michelle's story of what she does now and how she helps people it's uh it's quite amazing welcome to another episode of navigating neurodivergence Michelle, I have you on, you know, I put out this big call to people that are neurodivergent and I wanted to hear their stories and talk to them. And Michelle, you and I share something very <laughs> similar. Um, it's, it's a rare one that you don't hear a lot about. Uh, but uh, before we get to that, I want to ask you, how are you doing this, this wonderful evening? I I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing really I'm doing well, you know. It's, it's been a good day. <laughs> good. So I will get right to it with dyscalculia. See, uh, <laughs> I mentioned this before we started. I've I was diagnosed with it when I was younger, um, and I was told about it, and I know the word, and every time I say it, my tongue trips up. <laughs> so dyscalculia, which is uh -huh. a very it's a it's a strange word to say. Yes, it is. But <laughs> it's um it's one that most people overlook, but it is a math-based neurodivergent um mm -hmm. issue. Uh I always just say it's number dyslexia. That's the easiest way to say it. And and people give me that inquisitive look like I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. People will ask me, oh, do you see numbers backwards? And I'm like, no, I, I don't see numbers backwards. Or I get the famous one for my other learning disabilities, too. Well, you don't look like you're disabled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I always love when when that happens, too. It's like, you, you don't look like you have any sort of disability mm -hmm. or me mental illness. I'm like, it's it's just a, neuro it's a neurological thing. It's not a... it's. Just, it's not a thing that's gonna like that it makes me disabled it's it's just my brain works differently exactly yep so let's go back to when you were a kid because you they caught on to it early yes they did uh, whenever I was in kindergarten they found out I had a learning disability I <laughs> and even before kindergarten when I was in preschool uh, my teacher saw that there was just something off but they didn't have specialized preschools, early intervention services, and she said, well, why don't we wait, put her in another year of preschool, and I was my parents' first child, so they didn't have a whole lot to base what typical development looked like at that age, so they sent me to kindergarten, 
And when I was there, I really struggled academically and socially. I can remember uh, things such as tying my shoes were really difficult, counting, uh, visual perception was hard. I can remember I would get dotted out worksheets and I thought that I did them perfect and when I got them back, they weren't correct. And I can remember that the, the teacher recommended that I get tested for having uh, a learning disability. And sure enough, after they evaluated me, uh, they found out that I had one. Now, they didn't call it dyscalculia at that time, uh, but we knew I wasn't going to be a math mathematician from a very young age. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's that's one of the things that the school psychologist told my parents. Uh, she's never going to understand how numbers work. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I definitely have to agree with. I had to repeat kindergarten the following year in another school. It was still a public school in our district, but I had specialty instruction and kindergarten. And we uh, worked really hard in, in those classes to uh, make sure that I was successful. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a big thing too, mm -hmm. is, is back then it, it was, because even, yeah. You know, I'm in my 40s, and even then, when I was in in elementary mm -hmm. school, they they couldn't really understand what was going on. Like they didn't under they they didn't have like a term like a correct term for it. There's like, there, why do you have you're great at all these? And that was my thing is I was great at mm -hmm. all this other stuff. I I was an avid reader. I like had all these things, but anything associated with numbers would throw me for a loop and yeah. it would it would be so frustrating um yeah. yeah oh yeah i remember the frustration really early on because everything just felt like it was a struggle and i thought learning was always going to be really hard for me and my life was always going to be uh difficult and i just wanted i thought to be like everybody else and i thought if i didn't have the disability my life would be perfect and thankfully, there were things I was good at. They found out I was really good at reading. My dad would read me stories every night before I went to bed. And we found out I was good at writing. And when I had, we found out that I could do those things, that just really uh, boosted my self-esteem because I thought, oh, uh, I, this is something I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really imperative too is that mm -hmm. you did find something at, a, at an early age because there there are people that go through with different types of you know neurological mm -hmm. uh, disorders where they can go through all the way to adulthood and middle age and not know and not find out a way like hey i can't use this way to either communicate or get through and i didn't know that i could do it this way or that i had another option and you know for me and um and i i, I can speak to this only because mm -hmm. like the way it, it worked for me was i had some strange innate ability of pattern recognition when i was younger mm -hmm. so I, I looked at numbers and didn't it's like i i, I could understand the concept of like counting mm -hmm. i understood that but the numbers on paper didn't make sense, but the patterns that they were showing me made sense. Mm -hmm. It became a pattern recognition game until later in my education where they started asking me to do the work for the long math. Oh, boy. <laughs> and pattern recognition didn't work anymore <laughs> because I would just start writing the other numbers that I would see and just like fake it till I got to the end and then wrote the answer from pattern recognition of knowing that like oh yeah this is that number and they were like this this is all wrong how are you what are you doing and i just mm -hmm. said well, i don't know and I, I gave up on it because i didn't understand <laughs> right i i definitely can um get relate with yeah sometimes you just give up i mean one of the because it's hard i mean i can remember they would give me uh, i could never read the face of a clock we would go over and waste all that time trying to figure it out and i think i could tell what time to the hour but um that was about it and yeah and i just and a lot of times people will say 
oh, you can't do that. Have you tried tutoring? And it's like, no, we, we've, there's just certain things we have given up on. And I've never been great with a pattern. I never was good with pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. But one thing we did find when I was in college as an adult, I could, uh, I understood the relationship with money. If you give me $20 and go to the store, I can't maybe guarantee I'm going to have an exact amount, but I can picture in my head, I have 20 bucks, I can buy this, I can buy that. And after that, it's it's gone. And I and I can see the I can see the dollars and I can see the change. But if yeah. you hand me a debit card or a credit card, that's so abstract that I generally end up spending a lot more because I can't see the money going. Mm. Yeah, well, and that, that is uh, that is almost like a type of pattern recognition, which is yeah. is quite amazing. True. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that that is a great way to break it down. And I, I kind of talk to everyone about because mm-hmm. like, I was diagnosed with um, severe inattentive ADHD and mm-hmm. generalized anxiety disorder as an adult. Uh, I was thirty nine right. when I was diagnosed, wow. and that made me like turn around and go. Okay, there's a lot of stuff I grew up and like got through and did and mm-hmm. figured out. And I kind of went back to figure out how I did it and I was always breaking something down to that little like a little incremental yeah. step. So like for me, the pattern recognition of numbers helped me figure mm-hmm. out ways to use the numbers. And I was like, this is good. Right. I didn't I mean, it didn't get me th- I stopped at a certain <laughs> area yeah. of math, but <laughs> It got me to a point where I could use the numbers to to do the basic things, and thankfully, like I I still don't know when the for me it's like a, a switch tripped in my mind in my twenties, mm-hmm. early thirties, where it just it made more sense, and I think it was the advent of like I could use a calculator, which actually helped immensely because mm-hmm. I, I would just match the symbols and it would do all the other stuff for me <laughs> especially more concept uh, com, uh, complex type things i was like oh okay this is this is making my life a lot easier but i know some people have there's it's there's always that sliding scale and right some people it is it is a complete debilitating thing where it's a concept that's beyond comprehension and for some i i talked to somebody in in a group therapy session mm-hmm. like an online support group for d- just a bunch of neurodivergent people and there was a person there that they had it but literally the the their diagnosis of it was it was so slight but the way it was so slight it was how they perceived the like any numbers that didn't have straight like they didn't understand the concept of eights and zeros like for some Mm -hmm. reason it just didn't work in their head like wow and it was fascinating because they understood all the other ones i was like i understand the other numbers but just eight and zero yeah yeah it was the (laughs) the and he's just like i i just don't understand it like there's i was like hey i'm not saying it's not a thing for you that's a thing that would drive me crazy if I knew everything else, but like these are the ones that are having, giving you an issue. <laughs> right. Yeah. Eight and zero. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that's, I, I just find it fascinating that people in, in general with all types of learning disabilities and disabilities in general, uh, even if you have the same one, everybody has different symptoms and different ways that it, it just comes across. Yeah. It, it, it is like I said, it, it is, um, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah, it is. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I always la- laugh at everyone that goes, that has that same approach to whenever you open up to somebody and they go, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, it doesn't look like you have a disability and everything, but you know, they, they, they told you that you would never go to college that you would never. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, because of the disability, I was in all regular ed classes when I was in high school, except for math and a resource room just for a study hall so I could catch up on work and go if I had to get a test read to me. And I remember my learning support math teacher was telling me, 
uh, I don't think you can go to college because you have a math disability and you're not, you, I mean, you're at a pretty uh, low level with math. And she suggested a trade school. And there was nothing there that interested me. And I decided I was going to go ahead with that. And I even had a psychiatrist before I went to college in order to get the accommodations, I had to get tested again. And a psychiatrist looked at my results and said, you're most likely not going to go beyond a community college. Mm -hmm. And I'm already scared going in thinking, okay, can I really handle this? And I did have people that encouraged me. I can remember I had a wonderful uh, student teacher when I was in high school that told me, you can go to college because you know how to study. And sometimes I would hear her voice when things got really difficult. Mm -hmm. And a wonderful family and friends that, that supported that. And... I can remember, even when I got to community college, I had a professor that said, you know, you're going to have limited job choices. And there was just such a stigma around accommodations. I can remember uh, even asking when I had to take the, the pre-math course uh, about, oh, can we use calculators? And the teacher goes, no, we use our brains in this class. Ugh. And I'm thinking that has to be the worst thing <laughs> You could say, and I was young and naive, and I think I said it in front of my other peers, and I that was probably my first lesson in uh, tell somebody privately uh, what is going on, because yeah. there is a stigma. I mean, there was still a stigma around uh, people who used them that they were giving people an unfair advantage. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm always kind of dumbfounded by it. And what always blows my mind is mm -hmm. you go after college and no one uses their mind for math. No, no. one does that. No, and we, yeah, nobody does. <laughs> and even when I was in those classes, the calculator wasn't much help for me. I mean, I just, you know, we, we did it because it was on the sheet, but it really didn't help. What, um, one of the things we did, I, whenever I graduated, I, did go back to university after I moved back in with my parents and I can remember I took a call I took a philosophy based math course with mm -hmm. an intro to logic and it was funny we were trying to figure out what kind of math I could take at university because I just had to have one math credit had to pass it and I was there was a I was playing chess someone asked me to play chess with them mm. and I play chess and I think it had to be the shortest chess game in history and <laughs> I told the person and I of course lost and he, I told the person I said yeah I have a I have a math learning disability and we're trying to figure out what, I, what math I should take whether I should do the algebra class or if I should do um, the intro to logic and the guy goes uh, the people in my I'm in the math department the people I work with aren't that nice he goes I, I think you should take the philosophy based one and I took it I didn't do well in it, but the teacher passed me along because he could see the effort. He could see the hours I was putting in with tutoring and office hours and showing mm. up and trying. Yeah. Yeah. See, that is important that they actually recognized that you mm -hmm. were, you know, that you were doing the work and putting in the time to try. It's not like you were just like giving up. You know? No, that's, no. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, were, that's... We were, yeah, yeah, did a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I was glad when that was over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was... yeah, that that was you know in in New York State they had because um, I, I you know grew up there mm -hmm. and they had the, uh, the everyone was like you have to have a Regents diploma. Regents it, it means nothing outside of New York State, which yeah. makes me laugh. <laughs> but they push it and push it and push it and to get a regents diploma you had to do all you know all these different things and then you had to pass course two math which was advanced algebra and i barely scraped through the course one math and i mean barely mm -hmm. and then for three years i took course two over and over <laughs> and over and i i said you you guys are killing me like i can't I literally cannot do this in the way you're teaching me because they wouldn't give me different teachers. They gave me the same teacher oh over gosh. and over and over again. So I said, I'm just not understanding this. Like mm -hmm. I can't do this. And now you're adding in letters to math. Like 
well, why are yeah. you doing this to me? You're right. just you're just <laughs> compounding the issue. <laughs> but when they were like, well, you're not going to get a Regents diploma, I said, okay, but I'm still graduating, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, good. That's all that matters because everywhere after then, when I said that I had a high school diploma, that's all they cared is like, oh, yeah. you graduated. Yeah. They. Yeah, it's what they look at. I can remember we had a guidance counselor, we had to take this test and uh, they called us into the cafeteria and the guidance counselor said, this is probably the most important test you're ever going to take. It's going to determine whether you're going to live in a shack in an undesirable neighborhood or you're going to have a nice house. And, and to this day, I have not had an employer that has called me and said, hey, what, what was the results on that mechanical reasonings test? I, yeah. I haven't had it. And yeah. 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 That's, oh my, it's, it's really funny when you look back at, at, at taking all the standardized mm -hmm. tests, like, like in New York, we had, you know, the Iowa test. Yeah. I remember that was mm -hmm. a big one. And then all that was, was just to make sure that the schools got, got, um, you know, proper funding for having so many people above a certain average. It meant right. nothing else. And the test results never changed. I can still remember we had those bar, that bar graph, and it was always high in reading, and it was always really low in math, and I thought, yeah. Th this never changes. It's <laughs> the same thing every time I take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's, you know, I, I haven't thought about those tests in forever, but yet that... I do remember that every time they're like, oh, and every, I remember all the report cards, but like, mm -hmm. you know, he, he's great and everything else, but he struggles in math and he struggles at, you know, like uh, comprehension and yep. understanding. It's like, yes, I, yes, I do. I struggle. <laughs> right. I, and that's what we're, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 That, that's, you know, it's, it's humbling though, when, you do get through. So you actually went through college and you ended up getting a bachelor's degree, which I did. <laughs> and I was, and I, and that was the thing that really um, changed my perspective because for a lot of years I was really negative. I wasn't very happy. I thought uh, I didn't think very high of myself. And I thought, um, you know, it just, it, because everybody, I, I just didn't think I could move on. And I know it's different for everybody, but for me to be a good uh, paraeducator in the school that I work at um, and to be good at what I do with writing and helping people with disabilities, this is what I needed because it gives me that chance to give that encouragement and give that hope to whatever the dreams are of the people that I work with. And I don't think I could have done that and, and been as happy if I, that had happened for me. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, it's always the, mm -hmm. it's kind of like poetry when, when it comes to it and yeah. you go through all that and then you end up going, I'm going to help those that need the help. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I know for for me it turned like it turned into like the the initial my initial diagnosis because for me like the mm -hmm. big thing was my diagnosis with ADHD and and the mm -hmm. anxiety um because with my dyscalculia it was mm -hmm. not as severe and i figured out the way early on right so i i lucked i lucked out with that because i mm -hmm. had and had enough knowledge to to get me through and <laughs> that's all i needed but with the adhd what happened with me after my diagnosis i kind of i sat back and i went man if i knew about that my entire life and my mm -hmm. issue that i had you know with with my executive function and all the the outbursts that I would have emotionally all these things mm -hmm. that I went through if I understood that and I went well I know it now so what can I do right I think that's always like a huge like what can I do with it there's always a huge thing um so what obviously mm -hmm. what made you go into the field of work that you ended up going into like what what was this like? Was it like right away where you're like, okay, uh, I, this is what I'm going to do? 
I knew that I always wanted to work with kids. That was definitely something that I, I knew that I wanted to do. And then I was just, I knew that afterwards I wanted to help other people that had disabilities. And it's so rewarding for me to go in and read a test with a student or show students how to advocate. I can remember a lot of times we get how I felt whenever I was in school. And I'm finding in the classroom a lot of our students feel the same way. They don't like having their disability. They wish they didn't have an IEP. I talked with a student today that he said, well, my brain's all messed up. I have ADHD. And I said, your brain isn't messed up. Your brain's just wired differently. And he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just wired differently. And who wants to be normal anyways? And That's right. <laughs> and I get that chance to go in there and tell them it's not a bad thing to have a learning disability. And some of them, I, I get that chance to share with them that I have a learning disability. And then they all them, you do? Mm. And that gives me a chance to just tell them, yeah, and my brain's wired differently and, and yours is. And we just need different ways to do that. And I give them also the chance to show them how to advocate for themselves. Because a lot of times they're afraid to ask for help or yeah. afraid to ask for a question and we can go through those steps and get them the resources that they need. Yeah. You know, I, I wish I had that, those skills in school, like the advocacy skills mm-hmm. are, are huge Yeah, because it, there, there would be times where there was a, a pivotal moment in my life in fourth grade. I still remember it. And I went to, to through a lot of therapy for it because mm-hmm. I didn't have a great teacher but it was yeah. in an advanced class and we did a lot of advanced work and mm. a big problem with my uh with my ADHD and, and the anxiety is what would happen which is kind of funny cuz I have a podcast I, I ended <laughs> up working in radio for a while as well um I would have problems uh articulating what I was trying to say mm-hmm. and it would especially when I was directly uh, referenced. It, it would give me huge, uh, like huge anxiety, like crippling mm-hmm. anxiety. So I would talk, um, like I would answer a question that would, you know, come up and the world mm-hmm. would be fine because I knew the answer, especially if it was like logic based or something like that. It would just right. come to me like instantly and I'd be able to answer. The curveball was one day I answered a really intricate logic, like, question and I had everyone stumped and it took me like like five <laughs> seconds to figure it out and I just I blurted out the answer to her and she went yeah that's right but how did you get that answer and I sat there and I was like I don't know like I, cu- I couldn't say it I just it, right my I I knew it like you I followed along with what you said my brain mm-hmm. gave me the answer but I couldn't say anything. And then uh, the one thing a teacher should never tell one of the students is that they're stupid. And that's what she, she asked oh. me, I'm like, what are you stupid? And it, that was a pivotal moment in my developing <laughs> mind. Uh, right. it, ruined, it ruined school for me. You know, I, like I said, I, w- I went through therapy for it because it was something traumatic that changed my love of learning because I right. loved learning. And even though I struggled with numbers, I still loved learning mm-hmm. things and writing and, and reading and doing all this stuff. But that, from that point on, I just kind of gave up. And I yeah. said, ah. I'm sorry that happened. That That's it, a shame. It's, it, yeah. And, it, and it's one of those things where people are like, did that, how, how did that, how was like, because it was the 80s and they just didn't know no. or care to know. You know, it was not a thing where, especially in a small town, upstate New York, it's not like it was like a big area that had a lot of like higher education, just nothing there. And that's just how it was. And, and it, it was sad and depressing, but then I look back on it and I, you know, through therapy and I mm-hmm. even said, I was like, it's a shame it happened, but I'm glad it happened because it changed my perspective on things after, after school right. because I did graduate and I did go to college and I went to the college my way and it, I mm-hmm. went for art something that I was really engaged with and I was like I 
this is the the path I'm I'm choosing is mm -hmm. going you know a, a creative path because if there was one thing that came easily for me <laughs> it was <laughs> it was definitely it was art so I um I I went that path and you know I I look back on it and I go I just hope that no one ever has to go through that again and I think that's that's that was like the big thing for me in choosing to uh you know write a book and to figure out how mm -hmm. to help people like this this is these are things that I'm doing because I don't want somebody else to go through that and I, yeah. and I think it had to happen so I could do that exactly and to have that empathy and to know how to treat other people and how you want to be treated yeah definitely so I think there were a lot of good things that, that, that did happen I, I yeah. mean and I had teachers too where things happened I can remember uh, they didn't know that I had limited hand dexterity till I was an adult mm -hmm. and they I can remember right on my report card in second grade I had a W indicating weakness for handwriting and that yeah, made me feel bad. And I had a fourth grade teacher and I was coloring a map and in class and he held it up to the class and said, does this look like she's doing her best? And thankfully my parents intervened in that situation. Mm -hmm. But I just always try to uh, treat, uh, treat my students the way that I uh, be the teacher I wish I would have had or be the ones that were encouraging to me in my mm. school. Yeah, I, I think that's and that's so important too. Mm -hmm. Like that's an important thing to bring forward because oh, I know a lot of people can just harbor resentment right. for, for a situation like that their mm -hmm. entire, I mean, I, I'm one of them. I harbored yeah. resentment for, for years until, right. you know, I, I forgave her, you know, she, yeah. even though she, she already had passed on. But I, I right. still, I, for, I forgave her and, you know, it's, yeah. and I kind of let it go and, and started to understand how to, how to turn it into a positive. And I think that was really important. Exactly. Yep. So I, I, I have to ask this when, mm -hmm. when you, the students come to you with math problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask just because it's you know mm -hmm. it's got to come up <laughs> right when they, when they come to me I usually do my disclaimer at the beginning of the year and this is when I have to tell staff I can help them with reading I can help them with spelling but I can't help them with math mm. and we'll usually tell the kids and I'll I'm comfortable with telling them I'll say I can't help you with math and it's humbling to go up to a child and say I really can't help you. I'm sorry, I can't help you. And sometimes that gets misunderstood. I have one student that said, oh, you, you don't like me. That's why you're not helping me. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, let's get this cleared up. I do like you. I'm, I'm not able to do that. And sometimes they don't understand. And other times, I mean, I just have to say, okay, let's refer you to somebody that can help. And mm -hmm. yeah, and I'm at peace with that. I mean, I'm okay with that somebody else... Uh, can help them and I can't and th that's okay yeah I mean that's I think that's that's beautiful actually because it it, it is and it kind of teaches the kids too that hey even adults can have areas that are just like like listen we need to find somebody else that can help with this because yeah. adults don't know everything even if it is a learning disability or, right. or not it's it's still like hey we i'm not going to pretend like i know everything here we go let's right. get somebody that can really help you with this right and we're human i mean i can remember i was in a first grade classroom and i couldn't help out or i got something wrong and i she the little girl's like well why can't you get this and i said oh i'm just not good at math and she goes there's grown-up school for that and i had to laugh i love and, kids i know and, but there's also been some really sweet moments i this year i was working with a student in, in a class and he was crying because he couldn't do uh the graphing and mm. i certainly couldn't do it and I went up to him and I got on eye level and I said, you know, I, I know how hard this is. I have a math learning disability and I want you 
to tell me when you're really struggling with that and I can't help you, but we can get somebody over here that, that can. And that student, I think he may have cried one other time and I said, now come on, do I, um, I don't yell at you when you need help, just you just have to ask. And he is the most helpful, sweetest kid. In fact, they were doing math in another class that I couldn't do and he was trying to help me <laughs> at that point. And I, I just, yeah, that, that's just so sweet. It, it, it uh, kid, kids are always pure when it comes to stuff like that too. It's mm -hmm. it's they do it with nothing but the purest intention, and it's amazing. It's amazing when they do stuff like that. You know, I I um I have to to ask because you, you mentioned like the limited hand dexterity that mm -hmm. that when. <laughs> When does something like that even like be, become a, a factor? Like that? How did besides right. uh, obviously well, people look at handwriting, but but like what else happened to to make that become like well, come up? A lot of it too was uh, a lot of it. It was a light bulb moment where things started to make sense. I was considering going back to grad. I was considering going to grad school, and one of the things before I could even take the entrance test was I had to get accommodations for extended test time and they made me have another psyche eval. I think there was two of them I had to have and they tested me for having uh, limited hand dexterity. I can remember I had to put shapes in a shape sorter blindfolded and I was also ordering lunch at that time and the lunch came in and I had to sign my name blindfolded and wow they uh, figured out, they put on, you have uh, limited hand dexterity in both of your hands. And all of a sudden the light bulb just went off. That's why my handwriting is bad. That's why things will drop out of my hands. That's why I can't use uh, a manual can opener and why unlocking doors and, and keys has always been really hard for me. Mm, that makes sense. Well, obviously, because it is a very dexterous thing where you have mm -hmm. to orientate something and then and use your hands to manipulate it so that's i i can't because i use my hands a lot mm -hmm. so that that that's something that always kind of like freaked me out like if i lost use of my hands because i'm a photographer I'm like how would i do stuff like that right but what i end up finding out is you find ways to, to make it through yeah, yeah, yes, you do. You definitely do. I love photography myself, and I'm able to be able to do that with with taking uh, pictures, with with having limited hand dexterity. You just you you find ways uh, to make things work, and sometimes that is what impresses me a lot is how adaptable people are that have disabilities. We find a way to to, to do things. It might look different. It might, uh, and the thing is, sometimes I don't even realize how different some of these things look. Uh, recently, I was in the, I was in the grocery store unloading my cart. My husband uh, was in the car, and sometimes he comes in to help me if it's really packed. But he he um, he wasn't with me that day, and I'm I'm just standing there unloading my cart, and everything's good, and. I have this woman that comes up behind me in line and she just starts taking stuff out of my cart and putting it on there. I'm like, oh, oh, thank you. That's really kind of you. And she goes, oh, yeah, I love to help people. And you look like you really need help. And, <laughs> and, and I just thought, well, God bless you. <laughs> You're like, yes, but also, man. <laughs> I know. I'm, I thought I was doing good today. Right, I thought I was having a good day. <laughs> oh I wow! Something. I mean, that was that, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I've been I've been there before, where you know I'm doing something where, as. I think that I'm doing a good job at it. And then somebody comes, you, you, you need help, don't you? I'm just like, I, I do? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you question yourself now. You're like, wait, I thought I, thought I was really just doing really yeah. good today. <laughs> That's, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I um, I, I want to ask, because I, I remember you, I saw in the, in the notes you had sent me that you have 
is it a blog that you started? Yes. Uh, so what is it? Because it's a... Actually, look at my notes here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it, my blog Michelle's is... Michelle's Mission, right? Yes. yes. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. So uh, tell me about that. Like, why, why, did you, why did you start that? What was the, the concept behind that? One of the concepts behind that was I wanted to have a blog that showed what my life with a learning disability is like. I can remember when I finally got that courage to write a story that my friend had been pressuring me to do for years about uh, having a learning disability and I got it published and I that just encouraged me to write more and I thought I'm going to start a blog and I began one and I started using a new format uh, this year where I combine my uh, my love of photography and my blog about life with a disability and I have a little store where uh, people can purchase artwork and even a forum where people with disabilities can be able to, to connect and share with each other. And I just want to have that connection and being able to uh, just help people out that, that have them. That, that is beautiful because I, uh, I, I feel like it's almost becoming a recurring theme for everyone that I talk to is that they're mm -hmm. finding ways to help other people out there to realize it and this is my big my big message to everyone too still to this day is you're not alone yeah you're just not alone in the struggles no matter what type of you know learning disabilities neurodivergence whatever label is on it you're not mm -hmm. struggling alone through it, it we've all been through something and a exactly. lot of us have been through the same things right so the fact that you're you're putting that together um, uh, that's, and that's, uh, you know, and I want to go back to you, the friend that pushed you to, to write about yeah. it. <laughs> that is, I know how uncomfortable it is to put yourself out there. Um, and I also notice it, it gets easier the more you do, <laughs> do it. It, it does. <laughs> but so what was, what was the, the story on that, that, the, uh, that your friend kind of like nudged you into? Well, I think what she wanted me years ago to write about uh, was just the life with ha having a learning disability. And I thought, well, that's really personal. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to talk about that. And I think uh, I wrote some really, I know I wrote some really bad poetry and some other cringeworthy things that I will not share. <laughs> I'll spare everybody. I have yeah. a few notebooks of that stuff that I just, yeah. that will never see the light of day. <laughs> right. So, and I kind of pushed that aside for, for years. And then the first article I wrote uh, was on the mighty, was on my struggle with opening up locks with limited hand dexterity. Mm -hmm. And when that got published, uh, I, it was one of the most healing things I've ever done. And I had more people uh, that were running towards me rather than running away. And mm. a lot of people were like, I struggle with that. Or I thought I was the only one. And that just encouraged me to write more articles and, and to start a blog. Just to be able to tell people, no, you're not the only one. Everybody has something. And, um, yeah. That's, see, uh, I, lo I love hearing that. And I, I know that feeling too, like that, mm -hmm. that first step into being vulnerable and open about, you know, mm -hmm. your struggles is huge. Um, for me, I know, uh, when, when the concept of, of even writing a book and I, I tell people that I wrote a book on accident because it, <laughs> it's one of those things where I sat and uh, I've told the story a few times, but for anyone who's listening, you get to hear it again because I always <laughs> like telling it. <laughs> but I, I sat down to, to go to bed with my wife. We were in mm -hmm. uh, New Mexico at the time. I was helping an elderly uh, relative. And, you know, I was like, I can't sleep because I'm still on East Coast time and mm -hmm. time change is messing with me. So I was like, I'm, I got something in my head. I'm just going to sit at my computer real quick and just kind of start typing. And that night I typed out 25 pages. And normally when I go to sit and do this, it's like one or two pages of, of like mm -hmm. uh, some creative thought that I'm just like com 
just exploring and doing something. It's normally just like a creative process. But what I found myself doing was writing an, about issues that I had, what I did to overcome them, and what was the tool that I used. And I kept doing that, just like all through my life. Like, what did I do mm-hmm. when faced with starting a business? What did I do when faced with, you know, working through a a long session where I had Mm -hmm. to focus on something and I kept writing these things. And when I got done, I was like, this, there's a lot here. And I looked at my wife and I went, I wrote like almost 25 pages of of (laughs) text in one sitting. And then I had a business coach who was working on me for my (laughs) photography business and my, you know, my photography Mm -hmm. empire, which was, it was a passion. Like, everything was photography based doing courses and all these things but something happened when i told her that i wrote 25 pages and here's what it was she goes you have multiple books ready here (laughs) and you're being very honest about the struggles that you had Mm -hmm. which i knew about but i didn't know that you had it in you to write about it and i said i I like writing. She's like, yeah, I know, but she's a, like a published author and she has like 10 books out. It, and she goes, that's, that's very interesting. We're going to pursue this. We're going <laughs> to see what happens. She, I'm like, but that means you want me to talk about all this stuff to mm-hmm. not just like you and my wife. You want me to talk about this to whoever reads it. And she's like, yeah, it's going to be good for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and it was. I think my, my first, and I always say it too, my, my first inkling of, of I'm doing the right thing was not that I wrote everything out, not that I got mm-hmm. the first draft done. I sent it to uh, my editor who is autistic and has mm-hmm. a husband who has ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I got my notes back on my first draft and I was like, oh, this is great. I didn't know what to expect. And I'm going through all my notes and making changes. And then I got to a section where the notes, there's a whole bunch of notes. And I was like, what's going on here? And it was like, the first note was like, I've never thought of this before. And the next one's like, we're, we're going to implement this into our daily life. And I was like, this isn't normal <laughs> notes for an editor. And I was like, this... I'm already helping people. And I went, holy crap, I'm helping people because of what I went through. Right. (laughs) And I was like, okay, okay. I I understand what I have to do now. Exactly. I think that's, it's, it's, like I said, it's the best recurring theme that we all have. um, Mm -hmm. And all the people I talk to is going down this route. Now, I want to ask, where, where can... Uh, where can you find the blog right now? And uh, of course, the link will be in our show notes as well. Sure. I'm at michellesmission.net. Uh, .net. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, I suggest everyone to go there because it's, I mean, like I said, people helping people is the most important thing because mm-hmm. we're all going through something. And the fact that, you know, you all my listeners know, most of most of my listeners are neurodivergent uh, uh, mm-hmm. in some form, you know, for everything from, you know, ADHD, autism, OCD, down the line to things like, you know, dyspraxia and, and some, mm-hmm. some of the stranger ones. That I'm just like, I've never heard of this. And then my brain goes, now I have to learn all about this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's really fun. Uh, it's, it's fun for me because that's one of my things is my hyper focus goes mm-hmm. into research mode and I love researching yep. new things. I love Same. new knowledge. So I, I always kind of, you know, before we wrap everything up, I always tell, you know, ask this to, to a lot of my guests and with everything that you've gone through and everything that you accomplished and, and got to, where do you see yourself going with the, with everything that you've started here like where where do you see the the blog going and your community like what what's next 
I think I definitely want to expand with the blog, definitely with that. I, I still want to maintain that with writing. I definitely want to write books about uh, having dyscalculia because I just feel like a lot of people aren't familiar with it. And I think there's a, a lot of kids, too, that are struggling in schools that have it. And I think they need simple books that, that can explain that to them. Because I can remember being in school um, not knowing... Uh, you know, anyone that had that, everyone else seemed to struggle with reading while I struggled with math. So I can I can see that and just more opportunities uh, with sharing my story and just helping people that, that have disabilities. That's, well, that's perfect. And please do write books about it. <laughs> that's, you know, if, if there's one thing I learned from my business coach, she even said, she's like, this is an area that... There's not enough. But even if there was 10 million books about it, there's that's mm -hmm. not enough. There needs to be more books about it because it's something that affects a lot of people. And as time goes on and, you know, the, the science and the, the technology is picking up on it a lot sooner now in kids, yeah. it's, it's the resources need to be there to help them through it, especially, especially when you, you have that ability to to talk about it and write about mm -hmm. it like that's that's a gift in and of itself yes thank you and you know but before we go is there is everything available through the website yes you can look on the website and you can find my links and yes and, the, and my store as well great that is fantastic M michelle thank you so much for, for coming on today. I mean, it's, it was, first of all, it was a pleasure to talk to you, but second of all, I'm just thankful to have somebody else that has dyscalculia and it's, 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 it's a, it's a rare one. <laughs> yeah. De yeah, definitely. Oh, you're, you're so welcome. And thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure as well. And until next time, everyone just keep on, uh, listening and I'll have more amazing people on with their stories of how they got through. <laughs>